Yo, yo, what up, what up? This is Rafael Barlow from NBA Big Board. Hope everyone is having a happy Wednesday. And in this episode coming up, I got my guy Max Feldman, and we are going to discuss Shaden Sharp, who I believe is the biggest wild card in this draft. If you're not familiar with Shaden Sharp, he did not play a single minute at Kentucky, enrolled at the semester, and now many feel like he is going to be a top 10 pick in this draft. Stay tuned. All right, shout out to each and every person that has made the NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. Once again, my name is Rafael Barlow. And in this episode, now, pardon me if you've heard this before. I recorded this episode, I want to say back in February. And I'm actually traveling right now. I had a guest that uh, we just had to switch schedules. I waited until the last minute. So I thought it would be a good time to bring up an older episode I did on Locked On NBA Draft. It was about Shaden Sharp. Not many people had heard about him at that particular time. And now I feel like this podcast is still relevant because he has declared for the NBA Draft. Most people have not seen him play. Obviously, you haven't seen him play because... He did not play a single minute at Kentucky, but I brought my guy on, Max Feldman, who was familiar with him. He saw him play at the EYBL last year, gave great insight in an interview again. Once again, this was recorded. I'll make it up to you. I'll, uh, I'll put it like this. I have a couple of guests coming up within the next few weeks that I think you're really going to enjoy. The next guest that I'll have on I don't know exactly when. It may come out Friday. It even may come out tomorrow on Thursday. But I have Jake LaRavia from Wake Forest coming up soon. I'm actually in Toms River, New Jersey. Got in yesterday and I was able to catch a late night workout. I'm looking forward to getting some more content on Jake today. And then on the NBA Big Board newsletter, I'm going to have some exclusive content from behind the scenes workouts to a day in the life i'm really really looking forward to this i've i mean i'm on the road now this is like peak season for me i'll be crisscrossing across the country trying to get workouts from players information from agents so just bear with me here but again in this episode it's an episode that i recorded i want to say back in february about shade and sharp check it out all right my guest today is Max Feldman. I've mentioned it quite a bit. I think Max is one of the up-and-comers in this whole draft space and is someone whose mind I really respect. And I I did an article today, and it is on uh, NBA Big Board. I even did a little video, and it is about Shaden Sharp. I've labeled Shaden Sharp as the biggest wild card in this 2022 NBA draft. If you're not familiar with the name, Sharp, was basically unknown at this time last year, had a breakout summer last year, and ended the summer as the top prospect in the 2022 high school class. But we just found out in January that he had enough credits to graduate early. He enrolled at Kentucky at the semester. He hasn't played a game. And we're talking about a guy who would be arguably a top three pick in 2023, And as of today, it looks like he's going to enter the 2022 draft. And most people haven't seen him play. NBA scouts haven't seen him play. But I got the guy that has seen him play and someone that I think could really give us insight on Shaden Sharp's game. 
it is my guy max max what is going on man it's been a minute since you've been on yeah it's been a minute i appreciate you uh having me on definitely looking forward to talking about shade and obviously a super unique case and I think there are a lot of pieces to pick apart, and uh, I think it's just interesting to follow this whole debate and this case as it plays out because uh, it's it's happened pretty quickly for him, for sure. Yep. All right. So for those that don't know and haven't seen him play, and I imagine most people haven't, and I don't know how many times you've seen him play, but I know that you were on the circuit last year and you were at the, at the Peach Jam and you've seen him play quite a bit. What are your thoughts on, on Shade and Sharp? And actually, before I even get into that, you have your, your front office gurus and you have your own formula of how to evaluate players. What was your evaluation on, on Shade and Sharp? Yeah, so over this last year or so, um, I've kind of uh, headed more towards the grassroots route. Um, that's where most of my work is right now, following, uh, as you mentioned, high school guys from 2024 to 2022 guys like Shaden was in a, uh, previously. So, yeah, I've gotten a few good looks at him um, down to Peace Jam. There were no media credentials. There were like 10 given out due to COVID. So down there is essentially only NBA scouts. Um, I had the opportunity to go down there with a the program. Um, I'd seen a little bit of Shaden. Obviously, I was super busy uh, with my work, but uh, he was playing against Nike Mean Streets one morning. It was about halfway through Peach Jam. Um, his team, uh, Uplay Canada, was battling. Um, they were in the middle of the field trying to uh, really make their mark and uh, jump up a few spots, but no one really was taking them too seriously. Um, it was an 8 a.m. game against the number one team in the circuit at the time, uh, Mean Streets, and Shaden went crazy, dropped 32 points, uh, 56% shooting, five assists. I believe it was one turnover, three steals, and really just took over that game playing against one of the best defenders on the entire circuit in Ty Rogers. Um, played with over a 50% usage rate throughout Peach Jam. So that team was really all him. Um, he elevated the guys around him, scoring at will. Um, I believe he averaged a little bit over 22 points. So he was getting everything that he wanted. He entered Peach Jam, I want to say, around like the 15 spot in rankings nationally. By the time he left, he was pretty clearly like a consensus top three guy. Uh, a lot of different services had him atop all of the rankings in 2022 as well. Now, had you seen him prior to this summer? I know he played for Sunrise, but I think he was behind Kendall Brown, who was someone that, you know, some people think is a, a lottery pick in this draft. But were you familiar with him before before his big rise? Yeah, I was familiar with him. Uh, I seen I've seen a few things before Peach Jam, um, my first opportunity in basketball was with uh, a scouting service and website based in Canada. So I had seen his name pretty early on. Um, but as we mentioned, his his rise happened pretty quickly and he skyrocketed up rankings. And um, I hadn't taken him too seriously before that. But as his name kind of entered the, the top 20 range, it became one that I was pretty familiar with and I had seen some tape of. All right. So describe his game. For, for those that don't know much. I mean, realistically, most people don't know much about him other than what they've seen or maybe highlights if they've taken the time to, to you know, type his name in on YouTube and watch some highlights. I imagine as we get closer to the draft and you start to hear his name a little bit more, you're going to see more people taking the time to do that. But for those that don't know, what does he, what does he do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's a mature 6'5", 6'6". 
215 pounds, truly 215 pounds. And I imagine that'll only get better while he's at Kentucky, but uh, score first guy, um, great with the ball in his hands, collapses the lane, gets paint touches, scores at will from the perimeter. Um, athletically, he's very good. He, I think he'll en enter the NBA as a plus athlete immediately. Um, I don't think he's necessarily, I see a lot of people talking about this. I don't think he's necessarily an elite level athlete. He's not Anthony Edwards. He's not like that. Um, but a refined scoring package creates separation on the perimeter, um, plays through contact, draws fouls, uh, essentially a bucket getter, um, can be a guy who's a go-to scorer down the line. Uh, great pace, great in transition, really at his best in transition. Um, extended range on the perimeter, scores from deep. And uh, yeah, I think essentially he, I think he's up there with uh, the best score in the 2022 draft, I would say, and um, has an argument to be the best score in this draft. Yeah, definitely. I, I took the time to watch this film. I watched literally every possession from the EYBL this summer. And mm. I just saw like this big shot creator that can get to his spots on the floor. I mean, he can score in transition, like you said, and he just has the offensive creativity that I really like. Like you can give him the ball and he has, I mean, he's got a toolbox full of tools. I mean, whether it's the step back, whether it's just meeting you with pure athleticism, he's a shot maker, a shot creator and shot makers at that size with that handle and athleticism. I mean, guys like that are going to, to um, definitely be in, in demand and, and um it's just amazing how he just had such a just a crazy rise over the summer. I had never heard of him coming into yeah. this. I don't really follow AU ball as closely, even though I have made it something that I'm going to do this summer. I'm going to be back in the gyms and and start watching more AU ball. I haven't done it since like 2015. The AU was just a, a big turnoff to me because I used to like be able to film and there was only maybe like one or two videographers on the baseline filming back in like 2015 and 16. Then I want to say 2017, every game I went to had like 15 videographers on the baseline. And it, it just kind of changed, but all right, I got to take a break. When we return, I want to ask you about your thoughts on him entering the draft. Where would you take him? And who do you think that he plays like? All right, before I get to my next round of questions, I want to talk to the audience about Shady Rays. Now, if you're not familiar with Shady Rays, I am going to inform you about Shady Rays. It is this independent sunglass company that gives you all the features you want in $200 sunglasses, but you get them for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Now, for me, I had just came back from Italy, and I noticed, like, all the well-dressed guys had these cool shades, and I'm like, yeah, those are probably, like, $1,000 shades. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to order some from Shady Rays. I haven't done it yet, but I will in the very near future. So if you see me on a locked-on NBA Big Board podcast or on YouTube, and I got some cool shades on it's because I got them fresh off the Shady Rays website. And one thing about Shady Rays that you won't find anywhere is that they have this incredible protection program shady rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair they'll send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happens so give them a try and if you don't love them 
you can send them back. It is simple as that. And here's what's cool about Shady Rays. 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusive, exclusively for the listeners. Head to ShadyRays.com and if you use the code LOCKEDON, you'll get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That is the code LOCKEDON. You get their best deal of the season, 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Ray sunglasses, and they are backed by over 150,000 five-star reviews. Once again, shout out to each and every person that has made the NBA Big Board Podcast a success. Now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Gives you nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It is free and it is available wherever you get your podcast. All right, once again, this is Raphael with NBA Draft Junkies, the new director of scouting for NBA Big Board. And I have my guest Max Feldman on from front office gurus and we're talking about shade and sharp all right so max you've seen sharp and um you know one of the reasons why i brought you on because i knew you had great insight in this draft class where would you select him do you think he's a top five pick would you take him five to ten or would you just classify him as a lottery pick yeah i think you kind of hit that right on the head obviously it's pretty fluid and i think we're nearing that time where big boards might become more cemented um, but I would definitely feel comfortable taking him in the top 10. I couldn't imagine a scenario where he would fall out of the top 10, um, considering how many NBA scouts were there at Peach Jam last year and really saw him explode. Um, yeah, I think I would definitely feel comfortable in that top 10 range. Not sure at this point whether it's at three or whether it would be at six or seven, but I would say top 10 at the time. Now, when did NBA scouts have access to peach jam is that something that's new to my knowledge it was something that they couldn't attend they can only watch the guys at like mcdonald's or pangos or jordan brand classic so how long have they been able to go to peach jam yeah so it was actually this last summer was the only time um what happened was because there was no media there um there were i want to say 10 to 15 credentials given out which was really only espn sports illustrated stuff like that um, the gyms were primarily empty for the most part. There was family, and then they decided to bring NBA scouts out for the first time, which was uh, mostly because of COVID, and uh, NBA teams hadn't seen these guys in so long. So they gave them that, uh, that opportunity this last summer. Gotcha. I didn't even realize that. So I'm thinking NBA teams haven't really seen him play. In, in your estimation, how many scouts do you think were in attendance? Oh, there was every NBA team was there for sure. Um, that baseline was packed with scouts pretty much every game, especially for the biggest teams. You know, of course, they always show the who's who, but they only show like the college coaches. So you'd see like Bill Self, you'd see, you know, Calipari yeah. or whoever was there. And I, I'm sure they were there. It's interesting. They would, Go ahead. They would, uh, they would split up the days. So two days it would be college coaches, like a live period. And then the other two days there were no college coaches and it would be only NBA scouts. And this is why I needed to have you on because you, you're giving the insight that I didn't know and that I'm sure most of the audience didn't know. And I, mean, I just respect your work and, and how hard you grind. So you said you would take him in the lottery. So here's a debate that I've had. And I've kind of juggled with it in my, in my own head. Do you take a, a shade and sharp over a proven college star? So let's look at Keegan Murray, for example. He's putting up big numbers at Iowa. 
and I know you're in the Big Ten region of the country, so I'm sure you're very familiar with, with what Murray has done this year. But Murray will be Murray will be 22 on opening night. I think he turns 22 like maybe a month or so after the draft. But he's proven. Now, he's put up the numbers, and he's in the running for player of the year. But then you have Shaden Sharp, on the other hand, who – is, has zero college experience other than practices. And I mean, he had a, a, a big, you know, EYBL or big peach jam, but is that enough to, for you, if, if you're in charge, do you take Shaden Sharp over a proven college star like Keegan Murray? Yeah, I think it's a super interesting debate. Um, I think first off, it depends on the condition of your franchise, what you're looking for. Um, not necessarily a team need, but more so where are you in terms of competing? And uh, are you more willing to take not a flyer, but more of a risk with a guy like Shaden, who's four years younger than Keegan Murray? Um, but at this point, I personally would definitely take Shaden Sharp over Keegan Murray. So this, this is like my dilemma with that, because let's say we had this conversation in September. We're talking about Peyton Watson. Caleb Houston, Max Christie, who I know you were high on, um, Yannick Sosa. We're talking about a bunch of guys, Jaden Hardy, for example, that would have been lottery picks if they never stepped a foot on a college campus or even like in the case of Ushman Jang or Yannick Sosa, they never played basketball this season. They had enough momentum to where they could have been a lottery pick now I don't think any of those guys and I forgot the name Patrick Baldwin that's probably the, the biggest name out, out of the guys that I mentioned now I've, we've seen like their stock drop I mean I don't think any of those guys will be a lottery pick and if they are it's because of what they did in high school not what they did in college so with knowing that you'd still take the risk of the unproven high potential high school player? Yeah, I, I think the personal difference for me in comparison to all the other guys you listed is that I was I was there to see Shaden live. So um, obviously uh, I have less worries about what I'm seeing and what I saw in terms of where his holes might be. And like I mentioned before, he does have areas that he needs to improve on uh, very much so, um, just like all the, those other guys. But my confidence definitely comes from that. I, I really saw him like, his last big breakout, obviously he had a few, few games early this year with Dream City Christian, but um, my my take definitely comes from just being there and seeing it with him. You, you feel comfortable taking him in, in the lottery. What about choosing between him and someone like A.J. Griffin? This is this is a tough one. And uh, that's, that's why I put you on the hot seat. You know, you come on my show. I'm going to make sure that seat is nice and toasty for you, for the audience. So I don't get guests on here too often. So that shows how much I respect what you've done. But, yeah, I, I, I want to hear this answer. Yeah, I appreciate it. I think uh, the thing that it probably comes down to is AJ's medical is definitely something. Um, yep. I've, I've been following AJ Griffin since he was super young. Um, he lived in my hometown for a good portion of his life. So I've known about him for a really long time. The medicals, uh, I think is probably the biggest key with him. Um, I've seen like, he's turned into, he's taken a lot of different shapes over the last few years, I'd say. And I definitely had worries coming into the year, whether he was healthy and 
didn't see him for about a year and a half before he came to Duke. Um, but I think it's close. I think they're really in, in the same region and they kind of fill a similar role in terms of an off ball bulkier, um, functional athlete who's really scoring the ball from all three levels. So I think it's tough in terms of upside. I'm, I'm, I would say Shaden in terms of a guy that might be more scalable to this point, I would say AJ in terms of how he's shooting it and, um, some stuff that he showed off the dribble, but it, it's very close. It's, it's a great debate to be honest. Yeah, it, it, it's tough. I would, I don't know. I mean, I was doing a mock and, um, it was the Sacramento Kings on the clock. And I was like, man, if you're Sacramento, who do you choose be- between these two? And I think I went with AJ Griffin. All right. When we return, I want to ask you about some areas of improvement or some weaknesses that, that you see. I, I know I have some that I, that I noticed, but let's talk about built bar built bar is, it is the best tasting protein bar. And now they have built bar puffs and the puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. They're a treat and they're covered with 100% real chocolate and again, 100% real chocolate. I wanted to add an emphasis on that because most protein bars taste like nothing or cement, like Jackson Gatlin would say. And the puffs are low calorie, high protein, and they can replace your candy bars. They're better and healthier. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. While if you go to built.com and you scroll down to the macros chart, it's almost certain that you'll be blown away because the high protein, low calories, high fiber, low carb built bars or the puffs are a lot. I don't even know what to say. They're a lot safer for your waistline than the candy bars. Most of the built bars are 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. If you compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs, and Built Bar has plenty of flavors from mint brownie to coconut, coconut almond. And new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. I know that I will be getting a box from Built Bar soon. They're all delicious. They have new flavors coming out all the time. And if you think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious and good for you and your waistline if you're, you know, trying to stay in shape. At Built Bar, it's all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first. And then they figure out how to make it healthy. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your next order. All right, once again, Rafael Barlow with my guy, Max Feldman. But now I want to put Max on the hot seat again. And what are your thoughts as far as, like, some concerns about Shade and Sharp? I'll go with mine first. I think that... Like any high-level scorer, he is prone to hoisting up some questionable shots. I think that he relies heavily on step-backs, and usually step-backs are contested shots. He's definitely a shot-maker, like I mentioned earlier, but I think sometimes he just has a, a, a tendency to just take very, very tough contested shots. Now, Maybe that had to do with his teammates, which is something that you would know a lot better than I would. And I know like they had a shot clock in the EYBL. So maybe a lot of his shots were bombs that his teammate threw him at the end of the shot clock. It's probably not the best 
term to use in, in this environment we're in right now in the world, but uh, that's the terminology I've always used when someone throws a, a player the ball with like five seconds left on the shot clock and they want them to make something happen. So the question for you is, what areas do you think he needs to improve on? And were some of the shots that I saw that I thought were questionable, were those shots that had to do with his teammates giving him the ball in, in tough situations? Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing with the Peach Jam film uh, specifically is, like I mentioned before, he was playing on like, I want to say it was 54% usage. Um, there were a few mid-major guys, a few low-major guys uh, flanking him. There was some talent, but he was he was the guy. He was everyone was looking at him. Um, that team was revolved around him. But I agree. Um, some of the read stuff was questionable. Um, the playmaking to me was a little bit questionable, and it picked up over time as he started scoring the way that he was. Obviously, so much attention was on him. He uh, did a better job finding shooters, finding cutters, stuff like that. Um, some of the ball handling stuff, his ball handling can definitely improve um, in terms of, like you mentioned, he relies on that step back and isn't overly aggressive getting to the cup always. Um, that was a little bit of a question mark. And then I think another caveat with Peach Jam, like I said, he was playing on over 50% usage, playing games every single day. Um, the defense was a question mark at times, but that looked way better with Dream City Christian early on this year. Um, guards out on the perimeter can be pretty rugged in space. He's well-built. So I think defense is a question mark for some people, but I'm a little bit more confident on it given the context of last summer. When you talk about his teammates, and this is a question that's not necessarily related to Shaden Sharp, but usually Canada had some pretty tough teams. Was was the talent spread out this year? Was it just a, a, a bad year as far as talent for Canada? Or is there multiple teams on in the EYBL, which, you know, may have thinned the talent out some? No, actually, that's a good question. They do definitely had some good players around him, a few good guards and one really good shooter that lit up uh, Mean Streets that one game that I was talking about. So there are some good guys around him, but uh, on the Adidas circuit, there's also a, a pretty good team in Canada that took up a lot of talent this year. And it wasn't a bad team by any means. I think they ended up around 500, Shaden's team. But uh, talent was definitely more spread out in terms of Canadian guys last summer. All right, that wraps up this episode. Shout out to Max for the great intel on Shade and Sharp. Once again, this is the NBA Big Board Podcast. I am Rafael Barlow. And I, I know you're probably wondering, like, man, you're always thanking us. But I really, really appreciate each and every download, each and every listen, ever since I've taken over for Chad. The numbers have been consistent. So, again, I thank you so much for that. Now, check out the Locked On NBA podcast. The Locked On NBA podcast has been covering the playoffs from the first jump ball in the play-in tournament all the way to the last possession of the NBA finals. The Locked On experts will be there. They give you deep inside analysis on the playoffs with insight and analysis that will be affecting all 30 teams. Once again, it's Rafael Barlow. Check out the NBA Big Board newsletter. I'm trying to come up with some of the most creative draft content out I'm hungry. I'm starving to be like the top dog in this draft space. I'm traveling all over, really, literally all over the world, traveling all over the country. Again, I'll be going to different workouts. I'll be at the NBA draft. I'll be at pro days. Like I said, I'm trying to give you the best 
NBA draft content out. I'm a one-man media team. I shoot my own videos. I edit my own videos, edit my podcast. Again, check it out. NBA Big Board Newsletter. Once again, it's Rafael Barlow signing out. Oh, yeah, this is the part of the show I always say that I am out.